All right, and welcome in. It is another Friday night, a little after 10.05, a little late here, but that's okay. Rick Uccino here with you as always, the legend himself, Dirty Dutch Mantel, and filling in for SP3 tonight, who's at a bachelor party or something. I forgot. He, he uh -oh. made some kind of an excuse. Uh, oh, where, where, where is where is Sid? He, he's either at a bachelor party or a dinner rehearsal. I guess he just shows up when he wants to, I guess. I don't know. I think that was the same line you dropped when I was at a wedding, though. Oh, I did say that about you, too. So. <laughs> Works on his own you, time. You, you, yeah, you I go back and watch the shows, sir. I see I see and hear everything you say. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You weren't supposed <laughs> to hear that. I didn't know I didn't know you could do that. Oh, you can? Okay. I gotta watch what oh, I yeah. guess, I gotta watch what I say now. Yeah, on demand, you, baby. On demand. And that, that's the perfect segue on the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. You can find it all. Make sure to go to the Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube page. Uh, make sure to subscribe. Got a got a big interview coming out on Monday. Part one is going to drop on Monday. Part two on Tuesday with Tommaso Ciampa ahead of Great American Bash on Tuesday. That's one of those dudes, man, I could talk to six days a week and twice on Sunday. He is just absolutely a fantastic to talk with. Again, that's going to drop on Monday, so make sure to check that out. But we got some big news to talk about here on SmackDown. We see the comments already coming in, guys. Uh, appreciate everybody joining in. Ozzy and Anthony and Paul, uh, our regulars, uh, we appreciate all you guys. And uh, for the 58 others who are with us right now, we appreciate you. And make sure to get your comments in. Make sure to get your questions in. We'll get a little story time with Dutch coming up later on. I got a great, I got a great story today. Awesome, looking forward to it. We had, we had a lot that happened on this show. We we saw Edge uh, drop a promo and kick the crap out of uh, Jimmy Uso to close out the show. Uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn tore the house down in a Last Man Standing match. We'll get to all that, but the big news of the night: Zelina Vega is back in WWE. Credit due to Sean Rossap from Fightful.com. He had the report out. She was due back very, very soon, about 30 minutes before SmackDown went on the air tonight, and he don't miss. And Zelina Vega was back. Sonya Deville comes down to announce another competitor for the Money in the Bank uh, ladder match because they don't have enough women on the roster to do qualifying matches. So she announces Zelina is back, and she is out. Jeremy, your reaction to Zelina returning to WWE? That uh, that is a a very great addition to a depleted roster after you know after the uh, cuts and everybody getting released, especially on the SmackDown side. It's very it's been very thin. You know, I I speculate myself. I told you on Twitter there earlier, uh, Rick, that I I feel like Sonya is going to screw over Liv and put herself in the Money in the Bank ladder match later on, just because they don't have enough people. They can create some. They can create a little feud that way, just to do that way and. But uh, Zelina is a tremendous, a tremendous, uh, you know, addition to that roster. Uh, we all know she can talk, and we all know uh, if you followed her career even before WWE that uh, she can wrestle. So uh, I think uh, if those that uh, did not know the report earlier on, I think they were pleasantly surprised. I saw a lot of uh, a lot of happy people on the internet to see that Zelina's back in the fold. Dutch, your reaction to Zelina making a surprise return? She was let go from the company back in November. Uh, you know, she she caused a lot of headlines with the 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 unionization uh, talk. Uh, she was doing third party the the when the third party edict was put out last year. She was obviously big into streaming and everything like that. Was let go from uh, the company not long after getting a women's title match. 
And now she's back three weeks after her husband's let go from the company. So this is this is some interesting uh, developments and some interesting timing here, Dutch. Well, my response of seeing her back, thank God. Somebody <laughs> knew that we haven't been rammed down our throat for the past eight weeks. And I'm thinking, uh, now this is a, now see, I joined the party late, so I don't know a lot of this past history. But I do remember her getting let go because of the unionization and the uh, uh, she wanted to what program or she wanted to do. It, it was a lot with third party stuff. So like the, her right. Twitch stream, her Twitch stream. And she she created an OnlyFans there for a while for her uh, cosplay uh, stuff like that. So, I mean, there was there was a lot that she was doing that where she was making a profit off of and WWE was not. And that, that was a big issue uh, last so, fall. Well, that made WWE, I think, look a little petty. Uh, yes. I don't, I don't know what she's taking in, but it could be a, a fair chunk. But WWE wanting it, and they have a right to do it, I guess, legally. Yeah. I, I'm sure they were uh, legal in doing that, but it kind of makes them look a little bit petty. But I'm glad she's back because, as you mentioned, the girls on SmackDown, it's not just chock full. Uh, but I'm glad to see a new face in there. Yeah, this is this WWE, I think, quickly realized uh, this is what you see this happen in radio a lot where they will cut down uh, on positions across the board, these massive companies. And I've gone through this several times myself being in the business. They will cut so deep. And then after a few months where they got PDs and news directors and things like that, uh, bitching up a storm saying, look, guys, we are we're, we're overworked. We're short staffed. They realize they cut the roster too deep and then they start bringing in some new people. I think that's what WWE realized when you have the women's tag team champions on SmackDown with nobody to face on the brand because you fired all your other tag teams. Uh, you have Bianca and Bailey fighting over the SmackDown Women's Championship. You didn't have anybody left outside of Carmella and Liv to yeah. even qualify for Money in the Bank. And you needed four competitors. And they realized, oh, we done messed up. Yeah. And I think maybe they knew well, they how many would be bringing in okay. Zelina for a while now. How many women, girls, females, do they have in NXT? Isn't that what NXT is for? They have a ton. It's to train them and get them ready to go up? They yeah, are. Once, and I would not so be surprised to see some follow-ups. Well, yeah, why don't they call somebody up? I yeah, think the, they are. Not, they're, paying yeah. them, they're paying them anyway. The draft, I mean, with the draft right so around the corner. Think. Yeah, I think with, with the WWE draft uh, right around the corner, literally, uh, you know, just short of two months, uh, you know, right after SummerSlam is when that draft's going to happen. I, I I would expect to see a lot, uh, a, a fair amount of NXT women get called up because uh, that, you know, the, the NXT women's roster, especially, I mean, even their tag division is on fire. If you watch that triple threat this week, uh, you know, so they've got plenty of women there. And and uh, so don't be surprised that some uh, get get drafted up if if they if not even sooner. You know, And we saw the report. Okay, that let, let me just bring it. this up. Let me just bring this up just a minute, Rick. Yeah. Uh, AEW, they put a lot of unknowns on that show. Mm -hmm. A lot of independent guys. And some of them are not ready, but at mm -hmm. least they're new. Right. And that's and why that's they the utilize you, art that's for that. The sure. only way you're going to get somebody over is by putting them on TV, beating them or whatever you want to do. At least let the people know who they are. And I think if they bring up some NXT talent, it, hell, they're right here in Florida anyway. So right, it's, exactly. It, yeah, it's no transportation problem. They can drive um, to Tampa or wherever it is, 
and be right on the show. But at least that makes their division look bigger, mm -hmm. I would think. Not that it needs to look bigger, but you do need to have different people on this show. And we've seen uh, Baron Corbin every week. We've seen Nakamura. We've seen oh, them all yeah, week we're, after week after week. And, and after all week. facing the same people. All facing <laughs> the same people. And we'll get to that. We will absolutely get to that. But, uh, Dutch, to, to what you were saying, and, and Romeo brought it up here as I was getting ready to talk about it, uh, Tony Storm and Shotzi Blackheart were backstage at SmackDown tonight working a dark match. Um, uh, oh, gosh. Oh, man, her name is escaping me. Uh, Karen Cross's girl. What's her oh, name? Uh, Scarlet. Thank you. Scarlett was uh, working a dark match uh, last week. Uh, they are going to be, look, we, we, we're seeing this with Bronson Reed. He was doing a, a dark match uh, a couple of weeks, and all of a sudden he drops the North American title uh, very, very quickly on NXT yeah. this week. They're bringing people up. Like, the, the reinforcements are coming. Vince McMahon was at the Performance Center this week. He was there on Thursday checking out the talent he has there. I think that is to see who's ready to move into NXT because yeah. you're going to have some NXT people who are coming up, and I definitely think the women's division is is going to get uh, some reinforcements on SmackDown. And maybe, who knows, next week we see Mia Yim. Mia Yim is somebody who has reportedly been on the yeah. SmackDown roster for months, but we haven't seen her yet. Hell, the last time we saw her, she was still in retribution going by yeah. reckoning. So yeah. that's, a weird, uh, that's a weird situation there. I don't know why uh, they've kept her off TV, when, especially after those cuts where there's – desperately a lack of depth in the division i, I was yeah. kind of surprised you know maybe there's more underlying things there like there is with keith lee and then we just don't know about uh to be honest so uh I'm not, it's I'm very not even try to, i'm not even gonna try to speculate on keith lee because i i just don't know there's obviously something going on there nobody knows it's yeah. very personal mia said i ain't saying crap about it so we'll see him back on tv when they're back on tv which we all hope is is very very soon so here's yeah. the thing though zelina's back but this whole segment tonight was built, in, was built around Liv Morgan, who once mm -hmm. again came out and was justifiably pissed off. She beat Carmella twice. Carmella was put in. Zelina, who hasn't been on TV in, uh, since November when she was let go, hasn't wrestled a match yet, gets put in. Liv Morgan's like, Sonia, what the F? What's going on? Gives, gives, uh, gives Zelina the welcome back slap. That was that was a stiff shot that Liv Morgan laid in on Zelina. That's a good one. That yeah. slow mo. That was a good slow mo oh, on that one. Oh, you could you could see the face cave in. Oh, it was yeah. really really good. Uh, so she laid into her there. Sets up a match. I saw some people upset on on Twitter that Zelina lost her first match back. I'm not because this is all about building up Liv Morgan. Believe it yeah. or not, even though she's not in the Money in the Bank ladder match yet, and might not even get in there. Jeremy, I think, yeah. I think you like you're my right. theory, huh? I love it. I think yeah. Sonya Deville is going to screw Liv Morgan over. She's not going to put her in the Money in the Bank ladder match. And if it leads to a Sonya Liv program, because God knows we don't have enough women's storylines that aren't surrounding titles. The only one we have right now is Alexa and Shayna, and that's been going on for God knows how long. Um, I mean, yeah. the first one in forever is what I'm trying to say. The first one in God knows how long uh, that we've had one. I'm all for that. I want to see Sonya back in the ring. Give me a Sonya and Liv feud. Have Liv Morgan cost Sonya to build the Money in the Bank ladder match. Let's go. Yeah, yeah I, I don't know I, who I, your third person's going to be, but it'll be somebody next week. I think yeah, that story there. I think we're leading towards something, and if it's not if it's not Sonya getting back in the ring, 
Uh, she's going to probably bring in someone else or bring in a hired gun uh, to screw over Liv and and continue this kind of power struggle with the authority and uh, and uh, and Liv. You know, I, I feel like I think it's doing this a second straight week is is definitely telling of that where they're going to go here. I think. Yeah, and and yeah. Dustin, this is something I brought up last week. I mean, do you think we might be getting to the point where where Sonya is going to put herself in the Money in the Bank ladder match? Is that something that they're leading up to here? Well, I was I was just thinking that. Maybe she has one spot open, and the way to really screw her, say, here are the people. Yeah. Put them on the screen, lived. And don't even, Sonya didn't even have to mention her name, but she says she decided against all of them. She's putting herself in. Yeah. Because she's still an active competitor. Yep. And she just blows off Liv, and you get to the same spot, but with a little added emphasis. Now Liv really has a reason to be hot at it. Now it's... Yeah. It kind of tells the, it's, it, the story on its own. Yep. That she has something against Liv Morgan. Yeah, and, we're doing it, I, doing I, it for two I weeks like now, her, yeah. Really, I like Liv better than any of the rest of them. Liv is insanely talented. She's great. Yeah, written. She She's good on the mic. She's entertaining. What they're doing here is it, it's very... I think they're trying to recreate the organic storyline that was in place with Becky Lynch uh, back in 2018, where everybody was wanting her to have an opportunity and she was constantly getting screwed over, over and over again. She finally gets her opportunity at SummerSlam and here comes Charlotte and Charlotte steals the opportunity from out from under her. And the, the, the audience who was already white hot, who wanted to see Becky Lynch, all of a sudden they were, they, they all rose up. They all rose up behind her, and I think that's what they're trying to do with Liv Morgan. I'm not saying it's going to pay off to the levels that they did with Becky because that, that was, you know, riding lightning. You know, lightning, yeah. and they just carried off with that. But building up some sympathy for Liv Morgan, getting pissed off with her, that's going to get the crowd behind her. I think so, Dutch. Oh, now, Becky Lynch is coming back, correct? That's yeah. the report, yeah. When is she back? And I just read today her and Seth finally got married. Yes, they did this week. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to them. So... That was me. I, I thought right they now. were already married, really. That's where Sid's at right now. He's at the uh, he's at the after party. I bet he is. Lucky. <laughs> I bet he's having a great time. Wait a second, but Rollins was on SmackDown, so uh ah, they could have pre-taped that last week. Oh uh, yeah, good point. He could, he could have had a he could have had another fancy suit ready to, to right, and, and and Sonia could have just had a wardrobe change as well, and yeah. I think Pierce just wears the same suit every week anyway. Uh, he so, might, you know, he might, yeah. It, it all works out. <laughs> it all works out. What I am looking forward to next week is Seth Rollins and Cesaro again. See, now you're actually looking forward to that because that was one of those things where I'm sitting here and I'm like, damn it. Uh, that was a that was a joke. Oh, okay, that that okay. <laughs> that was a joke. Like I said, I really. It's like only the eighth time I've seen it. So, yeah. So that, does anybody have any doubt about who's going to win that match? You no. remember just six weeks ago, we were talking about now, this is Cesaro's time. Yeah. For the longest now, time, I felt like Cesaro was going to, his way of getting back into the picture was uh, finally getting rid of Rollins and then winning money in the bank and then maybe cashing it on Roman, uh, you know, or even uh, Bobby, who knows. But, uh, that that was my feeling weeks ago, but I've kind of shifted now, and I almost feel like Biggie's gonna win, and maybe even cash that night uh, after Bobby beats Kofi. See, I don't think Biggie would, and I talked about this on the Inside Cradle, which is another one of our properties here on uh, the Sports Kita uh, Wrestling YouTube channel. Comes out every Thursday night at eight o'clock. This is something we talked about. And it was it was John Alba's idea originally that I saw on uh, on Twitter, and I liked it a lot. 
where Lashley beats Kofi at Money in the Bank and does what he did to, to Xavier Woods, where he beat he just continues beating him down after the match. And then E, who has already won the Money in the Bank briefcase at that point, he comes down and makes the save, but he doesn't try to do the cash-in because Big E is that big baby face, and he's not that opportunity. He's a guy who wants to grind and earn his opportunities and earn his championships. So he just flat-out challenges Bobby to a match at SummerSlam and then beats him at SummerSlam in a one-on-one -on -one match. That would put Big E over more and 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 make him more than anything. That's yeah. the idea that I would run with. And yeah. it's what John Alba said on Twitter first, and I like that one a lot. Yeah, that's a good idea. It definitely fits. But if if that if that true uh uh you know if that true rocket for Cesaro is is trending upwards, uh it, it definitely will start at money in the bank and and beating uh Rollins. It, it makes no sense to really put Rollins in that match. Um we're gonna get Rollins and Edge probably at SummerSlam anyways. Uh, you know, which is going to be just a, a show stealing match. Uh, and so I, I, I really think it's, it's down to probably Cesaro or Biggie winning that thing. Where does, uh, Reigns is going with who do you think? Is that the import? Is that Cena? I wonder if, would you rock? think, would you think Reigns drops the title? Cause Reigns Cena doesn't really need to be for the title. Do you think Edge takes it from him, and then we get Edge Rollins for the title, and and uh, Cena Roman is uh, I on the? I don't think so. I think I think Rollins is. Uh, I mean, uh, Reigns is locked in with that title. Yeah. Until at least I SummerSlam. I I don't think he's dropping it until Mania next year at the earliest. I really don't. I I think he's going to have it for a while. He's got the rocket ship strapped to his back. Uh, and you know, I mean, why upset the apple cart? Why ruin a good thing? I mean, he's he's absolutely crushing it right now. Granted, he wasn't on the show tonight. And he was missed, uh, and we'll 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 get to that a little bit. I know some people are yes, up but the he was wasn't. missed. He was missed, but in the back of your head, because they'd already covered it. You know, they you know Edge covered it. He was it was a trap, and he was wise to it. So you always, you know, you got to expect him coming in, but he never came, which I kind of liked. Yeah, so he knew he was being set up, and he was aware of that. I thought I thought Jay was going to come return and, and join his brother and beat down Edge was what was my expectation uh, for tonight. Yeah, it's kind of interesting what they're doing with with Jay Uso and keeping him off of TV. And it's yeah, I don't know. I mean, he maybe he's just requested some time off because you know the guy hey, did. But he just help carry SmackDown came, for. But he just came back. No, Jay Uso, not Jimmy. Jimmy's the one who just came back. Okay, so, yeah. so Jay was the one. I, I had him. I had him. I had him figured out last week. Now I, now I mix certain names. Now the one that just come back—that's Jimmy. Yeah. That is Jimmy. Yes. Okay. So he was the one who got his ass handed to him uh, at the end of the night tonight, which is something that uh, we will uh, get into here coming up in a little bit. Again, guys, we appreciate you joining us here on uh, Smack Talk. We're here every Friday night at ten oh five to break down everything we saw on Friday night SmackDown. Again, the big news tonight: Zelina Vega is back. She is in the Money in the Bank briefcase, uh, brief Money in the Bank ladder match, going for that briefcase. Uh, Lib Morgan, even though she's won three matches in a row, still is not in. I think that's a, a big storyline. It doesn't look like it on the surface, but they're building up Lib Morgan here, and that's something else that they're doing subtly. All of a sudden. You see them doing new things with Nakamura. You see him doing new things with, with Baron Corbin. You see him doing new things with Liv Morgan and Otis, especially. They're starting to build up some, some new people all of a sudden. Otis, that's a guy who 
they shave off the beard. They they take everything that made him a person that that made him a lovable personality guy. He talks normal now. They stripped away all of his personality, and now he's just Mark Henry coming down to the ring. Somebody <laughs> don't get their ass whooped. Yeah. And he decimated Angelo Dawkins tonight, and all of a sudden, when money when Otis won Money in the Bank last year. There was not a second that I believed that he was going to cash in and win that WWE or Universal Championship. No. If Otis won the Money in the Bank this year, I would believe in that guy. And that's what they've done in a very short amount of time is they have took somebody who was basically a comedy character and they have made him a dominant heel Dutch. That That's a remarkable turnaround. I do like the way that, and now we complain, we bitch and moan about the same guys over and over and they run it in the but with Otis, they haven't really – they've shown him with different guys. But he's – and he is a – you know, he's a big, huge guy. Yes, and he, he is. And he's getting over. That little Gable kid with him is a perfect attachment. And uh, and Dawkins, uh, when he came out to you, you think, well, what are they going to do here? And he beat him right in the middle. Yep. And he, that was good. Now you got to take Otis seriously, yeah. Because now we know he's not a BS type guy. That he'll go out there and he'll stomp on you a while. And I think people gravitate to that and they resonate to that. You like that word? Yes, like the word I do. Resonate. I, I read that right, right before we came. I, I read that right before we came on the air tonight. <laughs> that, that's a good. That's a good AP high school word. word. I'm going to use it tonight. There but, you go. but I do like what they're doing with uh, with Otis and little Chad Gable. I think it's. It's one of their better stories. I, yeah. I would love it. And they can go anywhere they want to go with it. Yeah, I would love it if they could find a way to put the Intercontinental Championship on Otis, to be completely oh, yeah. honest with you. But to do that, I think you got to take it off of Apollo. So it's like, who do you have take it off of Apollo? I think Cesaro would be a good call. Maybe Nakamura It could be the guy who would do that. You, you could still slow burn Otis at a point, but at some point you got to put some gold on that, man. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the, the just this whole program with the Street Profits has really elevated him, booked him like a monster. Uh, the backstage beatdowns, the ring, winning clean against Angelo today. You know, love that Vader bomb he uses too, by the way. And uh, so they've really booked Otis really well the past month. And I think they wrote off Angelo yeah, they, Dawkins they, tonight too, because you know we just uh, yeah, we saw Montez yeah. Ford had some surgery, so he's going to be out for a little bit. Hopefully, he yeah. Gets back. Uh, soon so they definitely rode off Dawkins uh for a while tonight yeah well, that's okay he can get some rest too yeah, yeah. give them yeah, I mean they've been working they've been working hard you know the street profits have been working non-stop since they've been called up to the main roster so and when uh, they it, come back in front of a live audience they'll get a nice pop oh yeah and, and so that's a well-deserved break for them right now uh Paul is asking Dutch any truth to the rumors that you are going to be winning money in the bank this year <laughs> well listen Keep that quiet because <laughs> the WWF, they watch this show. They're of course very they sensitive. They're very sensitive on what we say. They don't want and leaks. There is, now, it's a rumor, unconfirmed, and I'm not, that's all I'm going to say about it. I, I think that's a rumor that was just started this moment. Uh, Paul also bringing up no, dir no dirty dogs tonight, and I think you know, the whole tag team division is kind of on a break right now because Roman destroyed the Mysterios. So yeah. your, your champions are, are kind of out of it right now. Dirty Dogs yeah. are getting a break. Dawkins and uh, Ford, they're getting a break because, well, Ford's out. Who, who's another 
they're using Otis as a single star right now. I mean, yeah, the whole tag team division is kind of on a break right now. Yeah, it's kind of making him as a coach. So um, I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, I don't think they're going to, you know, it'd be kind of weird to start a tag team feud in two weeks. So, but WWE's done it before. (laughs) So they ever taken the entire division off of a show? Have they ever done that before? The entire SmackDown tag team division is MIA. Yeah. Have We've got nothing for before. you. I think they did it in my history of WWE. I think they did it in 1971. They did it. I know that goes beyond back years ago, but I think they did it in 1971. In uh, where did they used to do TV in New York every week? What was the name of that town? Where the uh, Rochelleans are from? Allentown. Oh. They did it there, and all the tag team division was out. You can look it up. If you want to. Things that I just made up about wrestling. So. <laughs> uh, Doug, Doug, Doug says, do you think singles gold for Otis or can Otis and Gable win the tag team belts from the Steros? I think they could, but I think the direction to go is putting singles gold on Otis. I think that would help elevate him and, and him get taken even more seriously and make him a threat. Because I thought they put the money in the bank on him way too soon. Now, it had a chance to work because he was over with the audience. But the problem was you take away the audience from him and he's just a big guy who shakes his hips and it, it, it really didn't work and he lost all of his momentum and, yeah. and he lost everything. Yeah, I wondered what the I wonder what the long term are if there was even one when they said, Hey, let's put it on Otis. I wonder what the the, the thought the, the 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 plan was if if they even had one. Jeremy. Jeremy. <laughs> Jeremy. <laughs> You just said long term plan and WWE. That is oil and water, my man. Those things don't mix. Sometimes with the briefcase, they have long term plans, but they do have long term plans for like the champion, maybe the tag team champions. But other than that, there's no long term plans. It's almost make it up as you go. I call it Memphis rules. You should book it every week. And sometimes I think WWE is booked the same way. But it can't be because they got to project three months out, whereas Memphis just had to project seven days. So I don't think they really have long-term plans. And even those, it's like anything else. It's like coaching football. Uh, if you got a quarterback and you got all these plans for him, and he gets hurt, then what are you going to do? All yeah. your plans, then you got to make them up. And that's the that's the way it works in pro wrestling. Uh. Uh, Nathan Joseph, uh, who could possibly defeat Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship? And and we, we'll, we're going to hop in, uh, go back to the beginning of the show as we kind of uh, have hopped around here a little bit. I think Edge is a, a very viable candidate. I'm not saying Edge couldn't uh, beat Roman Reigns. I think that's a guy who could come in. I mean, look, we're talking about Edge here. We're talking about a WWE Hall of Famer, an 11-time world champion, a guy who's in the best shape of his life. He's jacked out of his mind. I mean, he is a very credible threat to Roman Reigns. I just don't see them putting edge over Roman. I don't think John Cena is the guy who's going to come in and beat him. John Cena is being brought in to lose. I think if they do the rock, he's being brought in to lose as well. I honestly don't know who is beating Roman Reigns for that universal championship. Honestly, it might be a guy like Drew McIntyre who is, who could win the money in the bank briefcase. He can't challenge uh, Bobby Lashley right now. So maybe that's the loophole. Maybe that's how they set up Drew and, and Roman. <laughs> Where do you think Brock Lesnar is in all this? That's a guy that they that that's a guy that they would bring in off the street immediately and have him beat Roman. I think yeah. that's well. It may be leading up to that. What is Brock doing now? Sitting at home? Yeah, uh, 
out in the middle of his farm, whatever he's doing, counting his money, yeah. chilling on the couch, <laughs> whatever he wants, whatever it is Brock Lesnar does in his spare time, watching hockey. I don't know. You know, it, it, it's very interesting to see what maybe Vince thinks of carrying Cross if he just completely shoots him straight to the top. Uh, he, he's been he basically took. Well, I mean, they put it they put it well after NXT Takeover. Cross basically took down the Mount Rushmore of NXT. Those were the Takeover guys, and he basically took them all out. Uh, you know, and and so he probably will walk out as champion and could walk right into another championship situation. Yeah, tell me I, about this. Tell me about this cross guy. I haven't uh, seen him. I haven't seen him work. Cross is a guy who uh, came over from Impact, right? That was the last yeah. place that he was in. Yeah, he was Killer Cross in Impact. Yeah, he can't, he comes over and he is given all the pomp and circumstance, all the lights, the phaser shows, the uh, you know Scarlet accompanying him down to the ring, the the big you know entrance and everything like that. And this is just a dude who murders people. Yeah, like he's for big. a while for like. His third match on the show was against Tommaso Ciampa, which, by the way, again, I'll be talking. You can see my interview with him Monday and Tuesday on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel. Uh, cheap plug, cheap pop. Uh, but third match, he faces Tommaso Ciampa. He destroyed him inside yeah. six minutes. Like, yeah. his, on his a takeover, whole, yeah. Yeah, his whole gimmick, basically, when he first started off there, was he was the Grim Reaper. He would beat somebody and they would disappear. He beats Damian Priest. Up, oh, Damian Priest shows up on Raw. He beats Keith Lee for the uh, uh, NXT Championship in like his tenth match. Keith Lee shows up on Raw. He's he is literally decimated. The only match he's lost is a tag team match, and he wasn't pinned in that situation. Um, and it wasn't even a clean finish. He's a guy I think who gets a lot of unnecessary heat, but he is billed as a as a just a straight monster. He just destroys people and i like him a lot he's got a mean streak to him tell me this how much experience does he have and he couldn't have got a lot of experience in the last year and a half because nobody was getting experience he's been around for a while now um he's he's in his late 20s he's 35 right now so i think he's been going he made his debut in 2010 yeah so guess who he was trained by who disco inferno <laughs> well, Glenn Gilberti. That's okay. Uh, he turned out a uh, he turned out uh, a lot better than uh, Disco oh, was, did, though. But. Those are two conflicting styles, aren't right? they? Right, right. One guy shakes hips, the other guy kicks ass. That's uh, that's two completely my, different styles, right there. My concern with uh, Mr. Cross is <clears throat> this used to be a thing I used to use in wrestling. You you will. Uh, you will succeed to the to the to the point of failure, and that means you know you, you rise to your level of incompetence, and you take him right where he is. He's got to have guys to lead him, <clears throat> and sometimes when he goes up, some of those top guys can't lead at all. They have been led, mm-hmm. like Sting was led all his all his career, like Luger was led his, and this is years ago. And they were led like guys like Flair and Arn Anderson and the guys who knew what they were doing. But you put Cross in a position, I, I think if you go too fast with him, you put him in a position to fail more than get over. Because I now mean, he'd have to come up with his own stuff and he may not, he needs help. Yeah, I mean, I may, be, I may be totally wrong, but that's what I'm thinking. Uh, he's, he seems destined for the main roster because, as Jeremy said, he's already beaten everybody. Yeah. He's decimated everybody. He is one of these guys who works dark matches with Bronson Reed. They've already taken the North American Championship off of Bronson Reed. 
Karrion Cross is doing a program with, with Johnny Gargano right now. I don't see Gargano beating him. I think Karrion Cross just decimates him and just leaves the title laying in the ring yeah. and then goes up to wherever it is that he's going to go. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Bronson Reed was uh, feuding with uh, Santos Escobar, who wanted another shot, even though he, he's lost a couple of title matches. It didn't make any, any sense to me. Uh, and they quickly scrapped that and put Swerve in there and had him win the title just out of the blue. So uh, I think the writing's definitely on the wall uh, for, well, there's one half of the two guys that have been doing dark matches lately. So I think the writing's on the wall for Cross as well. I, I think that's the old line, plans change, pal. Uh, yep. they, they they put these titles on these boys, and Vince is like, oh, hey, I, I want them. Let's, uh, let's bring them over to Raw. They did the same thing with Keith Lee. Yeah. Keith Lee he was went, a double champ. <laughs> he went from North American and NXT <laughs> double champion to I'm on Raw and beating Randy Orton in a month. Yeah. But he wasn't ready, was he, Keith Lee? <laughs> no, I think he was. I think they just – I just don't think he was booked correctly. Uh, yeah. I don't think he's Vince's prototypical star, even though he can do anything in the, he can do basically anything in the ring, but I think it was just uh, not exactly the guy that he's looking for, even though he is a guy that he should be looking for. I think, yep. I think Keith Lee would still be the United States champion right now. If he didn't get hurt before the uh, triple threat match, when they took it off of Lashley and then whatever his issue is that has kept him off of TV since if that didn't happen, I still think he would be the United States champion right now. And we'd be talking about, well, let's see him and Lashley uh, fight for the uh, WWE championship. I think yeah. that's where we would be, but things happen. All right, let's get back to SmackDown, the show we're supposed to be talking about. Uh, Edge opens up the show tonight, uh, comes down, kind of complains about uh, all the circumstances that uh, led to him losing at WrestleMania. But then says he's, not, says he's not going to make excuses. He's not going to complain about it. Says he wants his one-on-one -on -one opportunity because he knows. And not only that, not only does he know, but Roman knows. If it's one-on-one, -on -one, Roman can't beat him. And then Edge, probably with the best use of the Titan Tron I have ever seen in my life, they got the, the chair bar across Roman's face. He's like looking in those eyes. And you can see Roman like, the, oh my God, I'm I'm effed look just in Roman, just selling it perfectly. And then they pan up to Edge's eyes and he's got those <laughs> psycho killers. And I, I couldn't help but just laugh my ass off when I looked at, <laughs> at, at Edge's eyes. That that told the story right there. That was the best use. That's better than saying, hey, roll the footage. Yeah. No, let me let me enhance this for you and show you what I'm talking about. That was the better that was the best use of the Triton Tron I've seen in a long time. That was very good. Yeah. Because yeah, you, could, you could see exactly what he was talking about. One yep. guy's in fear, another guy's insane. Yes. Now, I also think Edge is delusional uh, because he thinks that he can beat Roman and this, that, and the other thing. But it's like, eh, nobody's really buying what you're selling, dude. <laughs> You never know. Uh, you know, I, I, I would not be surprised if he, he, uh, he does in that reign, uh, um, so to speak, uh, just because of what I had laid out earlier, where him and Cena don't really need to be for the title, because uh, we all know Cena is not going to win the title, because he's he's just like The Rock, too busy of a schedule. He's going to be in and out, basically. Well, so, if it's not for the title, why have the match? Just a battle of the best against uh, one of the generation's best, I guess. You know, that, just, that, it's a marquee. That, it's a marquee SummerSlam matchup. It is a marquee thing, but I I like the idea. You got to keep Roman undefeated and 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 smoking hot, 
Mm -hmm. So you can bring in Cena, like Super Cena. Here comes John Cena to save the day, to save the WWE universe from Thanos, basically, who is taken over SmackDown, who nobody can beat him, not even Edge, not Daniel Bryan, not Cesaro, not any of these dudes, not Kevin Owens, who had 19 shots at it. Didn't matter if Jey Uso helped him out. Nobody could beat Roman Reigns. So here comes John Cena. Hey, son, this ain't your corral. It's still mine. I'm still the sheriff in here. I just let you think you're the sheriff in town now. And these two fight each other. And then John Cena gets his ass whooped because yep. that, it just let helped add, put let Roman over more. Rick. Yes. Why are you sitting there working for a radio station when you should be in WWF helping them write this crap? <laughs> Why don't you just send them your resume and say, hey, all they can do, what's the worst thing they can say? This no. is what I tell everybody that wants to go to WWE. I said, why don't you ask them? All <laughs> they can say, the worst thing they can say is no. And, I well, said, and you take that no and make it the start of a negotiation. Keep calling them. Keep talking to them. And if they say, that's what I did the first time there. They gave me no about 50 times. And I kept calling them. They said, finally, come in, please. We're getting tired of talking to you on the phone. Come on in. Squeaky wheel gets the grease kind of a thing. Yeah. Well, we know they have a writer position open now. Uh, we we know that. Uh, that's that's for sure. Put your resume on LinkedIn and send it to them. Send them a resume. I may I may have what's to the, do that. Rick, what's the worst thing they can say? Uh, no. The uh, the worst thing they can say is no. And trust me. I'm used to rejection. It has happened See? quite often in my life. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good with that. In fact, when somebody says yes, that's when I'm stunned. Uh, yeah. Completely. Said, what? What'd you say? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes. What? I'm it's, not... like, it's like that scene in Tommy Boy when he makes his first sale where he starts going, well, you know, what? <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, so Edge makes several appearances uh, throughout the night, as does Jimmy Uso, who wants to prove that he is – the guy, he is main event Jimmy Uso. He says, hey, look, I'm going to prove myself to Roman. When Roman gets here, we're going to team up on edge. We're going to take his ass out. Going to plant the flag in his heart. That's what we're going to do. Roman never showed up tonight, and Jimmy Uso ended up getting his ass whooped in the uh, main event segment tonight, which was hilarious. And good on him for recreating those Roman eyes, because that was perfect. Edge had a good line. He said, the trap's not for me. Yeah. It's for you. Yeah. When good. you make a man, that's his next line should have man should have been or later on he can say when you have a man who doubts himself, you got it. I wonder if uh, Roman's feelings got hurt from seeing that still photo on the Tron. Say so just he just went home. I think it's just Roman's <laughs> mo. He shows up whenever the hell he wants, and he didn't feel like showing up tonight. Yeah. Didn't I wonder? Like I wonder if this beatdown. I wonder if this beatdown brings uh, Jay back next week. Now, I, I thought he was going to come back and gang up on Edge since Edge had the upper hand last week. Uh, maybe this beatdown now brings Jay back finally after he's been AWOL for uh, a few weeks. So last week Edge showed up and got the best of Roman, right? Yeah. Yep. Roman misses this this week. Yep. So next week he's going to show up. What do you think is going to happen? I would think you book Edge and Jimmy Uso in a match. Yeah. That's your main event. Edge yep. beats the crap out of him, beats him clean, and Roman attacks him from behind after the match is over and lays his ass out with Jimmy's help. I, I we kind of saw that, didn't we? We didn't they well, do that with Edge and Jimmy. Yeah. Ahead of WrestleMania or Edge and Jay, excuse me, ahead of WrestleMania. I yeah. think you do pretty much similar. It's not look, it's not like WWE isn't prone to putting <laughs> stuff we've already seen on television. What? Yeah, just look at next week's qualifiers for Money in the Bank. 
Uh, I don't want well, to. I wouldn't leave. Uh, I wouldn't leave Edge laying. I'd actually have Edge, you know, do the match like you said, and then have a little afterbirth and have Edge send Roman flying out of the ring. Now he, he's left standing tall. He's the challenger. So right. what's going to happen? Now you're not, not you don't know what's going to happen. Right. They got to do. They have to do a lot to make people believe that Edge can win this matchup because, yeah. I mean, I know. I, I consider Edge a viable threat, but there is not an ounce of fiber in my being that thinks Edge is going to win at Money in the Bank. They're not taking the Universal Championship off the Roman Reigns right when fans come back. You really do you, or yes. are you or are you screwing with me? No, again? I think he. Ha this is what I actually believe. I think he has uh, uh, a reasonable chance. I'm not saying he's going to do it. Sure. But I'm not looking at it like ah, oh, no, this is what they're doing. This, that, and the other. If I look at it like a fan. I'm in doubt of what's going to happen. And that's why you get fans tuning in to see it. If you know what's going to happen, why even watch it? Fair but point. you know they're going to do something because they got two weeks to think about this. Yep. Edge has two weeks to think about it. Roman Reigns and Heyman have two weeks to think about it. Bruce Pritchard has two weeks to think about it. So you're going to bring all those ideas together and they're going to come up with something good. By the way, you mentioned the two weeks out for Money in the Bank. Guys, we sh we're going to be celebrating next Friday because next Friday is the last SmackDown in the Thunderdome era. Holy crap. I am I can't wait. Like, I, I cannot wait. All I ask is you leave the what chance at home. But oh, God. We know that ain't going to We already know that's not happening. They're, they're doing it in AEW for crying yeah. out loud. Guys, yeah. don't be that. Don't give me the what chance. Don't give me the CM Punk chance. Be better. Just be better. It's the first night back. Don't make me miss the Thunderdome on the first night back on July 16th when we're doing this show. And I don't want the first thing out of my mouth to be, I miss the Thunderdome. Like, I don't want that to be the case. We, uh, we, br we brought up a, a point on the uh, podcast this week. Uh, we're like, what happens to the Thunderdome? Does like the, the Fiend come back and just torch it all? You know, are they going to blow it up? You know, or are they going to do something extravagantly crazy with it on their last show? The, the one thing that I always thought that they should do is bring back Brock Lesnar and just have him destroy the damn thing. <laughs> give, him right, a, give him right. a hammer. <laughs> you can have, what's the guitar player's name? Boogs. Bugs. Bugs. I'd, have him I'd have him turn it in and have him repossess it. <laughs> Just him pulling it, pulling it off the lot. It's gone. Get the re uh, get, get the repo man back. That is the perfect segue into what was actually our first match of the night that started at uh, eight twenty-five. So twenty-five minutes in, we got our first match of the night, and it was Nakamura and Big E versus Corbin and Apollo Cruz. Matchups uh, galore that we've never seen before, right? Well, this is technically a fresh matchup, but it's not <laughs> fresh. We've seen these guys like tag with one another, but this the is this fresh. Is, this is two feuds that have been run into the ground. The, what was the purpose of the interview when he said he'd lost all that money? And they are they are turning him into sad sack Corbin. Yeah, they're, what they're doing is. They're going to make him into a sympathetic baby face, and then he's going to have this major comeback as a baby face. And so they're setting the seeds right now where he's going to get as low as he can possibly get from week to week and get sympathy. And then eventually there's going to be something big that happens that makes uh, that, that makes him a baby face, that makes the, the WWE Universe actually cheer him for once. I think they're actually uh, kind of building to that, in my opinion. Well, yeah. they are building to that. We need to beat him to the punch since he lost all his money. We should put up 
a GoFundMe page for him. And all these people contribute all this money so we can present it to him. Except we we'll never we'll never present it to him. We'll just disappear. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, let's put let's hook him up with Cameron Grimes, and they can go <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> That'd be a good idea. <laughs> just bring but, in LA. Just bring in LA Knight with a camp for a cameo with a million dollar belt, and just have him like spit yeah. his face or something like that. But yeah. the first interview tonight, I didn't feel sorry for him. He's moping and. Here's the thing. Like I think there will be some. There'll be some people who feel sorry for him because they're just going to keep, you know, kicking dirt in his face. But people hate this guy. Yeah. People love to hate this guy. It is going to be real damn hard for people to be like, oh, damn, man, I feel bad for Baron Corbin. There's not a lot of people who are going to say that sincerely. There's never there's not been a singular moment no. his time in the main roster that he's been cheered. Uh, you know, he was great. He, he, his gimmick was great in NXT and that, and that got over. And that was, uh, it, and that was kind of a tweener thing too. He wasn't necessarily a baby face, but he was a, a flat out heel and he's never been a baby face on the main roster. The only time I can remember anybody cheering for him is when he won the Andre, the giant Memorial battle Royal. Yeah. That was the only time people popped for him winning that. And I, and I think that had a lot, I don't even remember who the last guy he eliminated, but I think it had more to do with the guy who he eliminated than it actually was him. So maybe that's the key. If you can find somebody. That's what we were talking about. They have no heels. Yeah. If you can find something that the crowd hates more than Baron Corbin, that's the guy you pair him up with. Well, hell, they sure made Rick Boogs look into a look like a, a bully there. Or, you know, that was that was not babyface stuff, even though maybe they're just rubbing it into the heel. But, uh, you know, that was kind of cold. Uh, Greg Hamilton calling him King Corbin. Come on. Stopping and then stopping to go. Oh, wait. Baron Corbin, and then his car got towed. So, look, I'm not one for distraction finishes, but that made me laugh. That yeah, that was funny. That made me laugh. Repo that man was, struck again. That was funny. Now, oh, man, so, by the way, Paul brings up a good point. I think it's very fitting that I gave Sid five matches. Finally, I gave Sid the five great King Corbin matches for him to check out. Yeah. And he shot me down on all of them with not much explanation, and now he's not here. So I did my homework, and now he's not here to grade me on it. I find that very, very, very convenient. Um, but, yeah, I, I didn't feel sorry for anything that, King, that happened to King Corbin tonight. I mean, I, I kind of did because I'm actually one of the few people that like King Corbin. I do, too. You got to give him credit, though. He sold the hell out of that sad puppy dog look. Like This he, is... He looks like EC3 chasing the 24-7 title. That's what he looked like tonight. This is the most interested I've been in him in a long time because the, the King gimmick was getting stale. Uh, everything they did that uh, with the King, they kind of got rid of. I think a lot of that had to do with the pandemic. But this is the most interested I've been in a story arc with Corbin in some time now because just I, I, I want to you know I, I want to see where this goes now that he's shed that kick, that King gimmick and. Uh, you know, and the next thing we hear, if you really want to feel sorry for him, have them give him his release. <laughs> and then he's released. And about two weeks later, since he repossessed all of his stuff, because he must have been going downhill for a while. Let's go out on the street where the homeless people are. And we find <laughs> him. And he's sitting there on Skid Row. And somebody says, hey, didn't you used to be King Corbin? And he yeah. goes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So sure that gets back, and you could have a sponsor. Somebody could go get him up and get him back. Almost do a uh, who's the guy that does Diamond Dallas Page? 
Yeah. That Diamond Dallas Page or somebody like him, you know, like. Uh, Why not Dutch Mantel? There you uh, go. I can't, I, I can't do that because. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't work for free. I don't work for free, and they but they wouldn't want to pay me nothing, and they'd probably make me take down my GoFundMe page too. So, uh, but anyway, I, I, I think it'd be a bad like luck. That, but if if this is the most interested in Baron Corbin, you've been. They haven't done much with him, I and mean, they've tried to. But they haven't done a damn thing with him since he won the crown. Yeah, they they stretched that they stretched that crown gimmick out way too long. I think that it would be a bad look on the WWE since they've just released a lot of people. So I don't think they should mock release somebody because I think that will set off a complete firestorm. It would, but you know what? There's no such thing as bad publicity. True. Didn't they mock release Spud Drake, whatever his name? No, no, they they actually actually fired him. him. They yeah. actually released him, and they and said, still. They said, "Hey, look, you're in the NXT Cruiserweight uh, Championship tournament. We're going to let you finish out those dates while you're on your 90 day uh, non compete." And the audience got behind him so much that they rehired him on NXT. Yeah, mm-hmm. and now they fired his tag partner. Yeah. So where where is he now? He's still in NXT. He was tagging okay. with Killian Dane until Dane got released last week. Okay. Yeah, they have released a lot of people. Yeah. Yes, but anyway, the, the the thing with Corbin, at least the, it's a story. Yeah, that they that really the 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 fans can relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, people feeling sorry for a guy coming out of a pandemic might be a hard stretch. I like may, uh, you know, I be having a hard time too. If they have a good plan for a redemption story, this is really going to make him into a huge babyface for the first time in his career. So I'm excited hopeful uh that they have a plan that they can stretch this out and and uh and, and tell a good story i so far so good in my opinion uh hopefully they continue to build on this and uh and uh turn it around and, and turn him into a baby face somehow uh i don't know where this happy corbin trademark is gonna go with that but uh uh that sounds a little weird but uh the, the redemption story could be a good one to tell the only thing that i really didn't like tonight was that interaction with Boogs because Boogs is yeah. a baby face. That Boogs was a heel face, thing. And yeah. it was a heel thing. But the line that Corbin came back with and said, oh, so this is what you do? You kick a guy when he's down? Screw all of you guys. I'm like, Corbin, that has literally been your gimmick for five years is kicking <sighs> people while they're down. Yeah. And now that it's happening to you, you don't look I'm not going to give you sympathy for that. I'm going to flip you the middle finger when you say something like that because yeah. it's like, good. You're getting your you're getting your comeuppance. Yeah, not sympathy. That's you're getting what you deserve. That's that's what I feel when I see the King Corbin character or the Baron Corbin character going through all this. I think they could have done without that segment. I think it would have been a lot better if they just did not do that segment tonight with Boogs. I agree. It didn't really it, it didn't really help either one of them. Dude. No, it, it made it made Corbin look like a baby face and it made Boogs look like a heel. It made Boogs look like a total jackass is what yeah. it was. The jokes weren't even funny. They no. weren't even funny. If you if you're gonna do something like well, that, they gotta hit. They that, gotta hit. That's, that's heat in and of itself. You yeah. tell a joke and it's not funny. You're the only one who finds it funny. So I don't know. Steven but says move Corbin to Raw. Dude, I think but it's very simple. I, I would move I would take him off I would have taken him off TV. Moved him over to Raw and just treat him like a badass heel that he is. I think they're they are 
they got a tall hill to climb if they're trying to get people to like Baron Corbin because yeah. nobody, as Jeremy said, nobody's like Baron Corbin in the history of Baron Corbin it, being in WWE. It could go one of two ways. It could go, uh, he's got this great redemption story that makes him a babyface, or he goes back to the lone wolf. Maybe he goes back to that gimmick that he had in NXT. He could get destroyed by the fiend, and then yeah, he he goes right back to being uh, the lone wolf. That that that's how that would work. Uh, we got two other things to talk about before we get to story time with Dutch, and they're two really really big things. Uh, we saw a face to face between Bailey and Bianca, and man, I know a lot of people want to see these two move on to do other things, and I I was one of them. Them after Hell in a Cell continuing doesn't make a whole lot of sense from a storyline standpoint. And what we saw last week was them just literally rehashing the same stuff over and over and over again. This week, they made a concerted effort to make this make sense. And, you know, they, they didn't just give Bianca the stereotypical baby face, you're a bully BS to say tonight. They actually gave her some legit things with some depth there to say. And you know what? During this exchange tonight, Bianca came off more like the heel than Bailey did. They had Bailey sitting there saying, we're returning to the road. We're going to see all you shining fans and this, that, and the other thing. And then Bianca comes out here and says, look, bitch, I'm going to make you quick. I'm going to kick your ass. I'm going to enjoy every moment of this. So you finally get the hell out of my damn face. Am I wrong here? I, I, I totally felt double, double third vibes here a little bit. Yeah, I did too. Because uh, like I told you on Twitter, you didn't like the idea, but uh, Bailey said the words I quit and then Bianca to end that segment said I love hearing you say I quit and I just wonder if that double turns coming and they just play a, Bailey doesn't say I quit they play a recording of her saying I quit from tonight instead you know um, you know I, I kind of wonder it, it uh, that it struck me as weird the way Bianca said that to end that segment okay who's the other heel females in WWE on Smackdown um, none Sasha, but she's not there. Uh, yeah, Zelina now. Zelina yeah. now that she's back. Now I don't. Think, I, I don't think they qualify Natty and Tamina as 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 heels right now. So it's it's Bailey and it's Sasha and now Zelina. So they got three. Yeah. On so, but we didn't see a return of Bianca and Sasha from WrestleMania, right? No, I think that's the match at SummerSlam. Okay. So I think they are they are stretching this this program with Bailey until they get to Sasha and Bianca too at SummerSlam. I, I think that's what they're doing. Um, I I do think this would be the wrong time to do a double flip. I get where they would come from because I think Bianca would be a tremendous heel, and I think people want to cheer Bailey just because of the great work that she's been doing for the past two years. Yeah, but that if, that if, if, that I, that line the way she said it just stuck with me. I way, I love hearing you say Bailey, I quit. But the way no. Bailey said the words "I quit" isn't exactly like it was with Foley. Right. Like, Foley right. said it with vibrato, like it yeah, was, it was yeah. like "I quit, I quit," like he was screaming it. So you know, yeah. it was recognizable and it made sense in that moment. I don't think you could recreate that finish, to be completely honest with you. So it's going to be interesting to see how this matchup goes. For them stretching things out, you could do a lot worse than giving me Bianca and Bailey in an "I quit" match. And I think an "I quit" match is one of those things where. Yeah, okay, it's at least on the same level or could at least get a little bit more brutal than Hell in a Cell. Because it's like, where do you go from Hell in a Cell if that's not your closeout? Yeah, you and you don't... An I quit match. You don't see too many women uh, I quit matches, uh, you know, and I don't know if we've ever seen I one mean, in I've WWE. Seen one. Yeah. I've so. been 13 I've years. Seen I've said. seen a few women's I quit matches in some bars. <laughs> <laughs> but it wasn't billed as that, so but it turned into that. 
Yeah. I've never seen a, I've never even heard of a woman's I quit match. I don't know. I don't I don't remember one ever either. I for I was thinking if Charlotte and Sasha had one, but they did. It it was they, I don't I think don't they know. did because Michael Cole said it was like 13 years since it was going to be an I quit match for a women's championship. So, I mean, you think of all the blood feuds that we've had, uh, Becky and and Charlotte, Charlotte, yeah. and Sasha, this is the one that gets the I quit match. I don't know if that, but again, when you do Hell in a Cell and that's not the end, there's no, there's only so many places you can go. I think Charlotte and uh, Sasha did in a last woman standing match. Yes, that's what it was. That's typically the feud ender is the last the last woman standing matches. This mm -hmm. one's going to be I quit. WWE did this to themselves. They booked themselves under, into a corner. Not even booked them. They, they, slashed they fired people. people into a corner. They fired people <laughs> into a corner. They didn't have anybody else. I had people on Twitter saying, look, they could have brought up people from NXT. Okay, would that be as, you know, is that the match you want to put on in front of fans? Is, okay, here's this new person that the the... the the casual fan does not know in front of a live crowd fighting for the for the SmackDown Women's Championship. No, you you do it with Bailey, you do it with Bianca. You could do a whole lot worse. I think they trim the roster down too much. If you had somebody like Mickey James who was on the roster, that would make sense to go up against Bianca at at yeah. Money in the Bank. But I think it's the right move to continue this. It doesn't necessarily make sense, but you could have done worse than an I Quit match. And I thought the promos were very well delivered tonight. Yeah, we got Sid coming in here. Sid popping in on the uh, rehearsal there. He uh, gives us the information. Beth and Molina, which was the uh, the I Quit match there. I still so, think what's up, Sid? He, I, I still think that uh, he did not want to come on the show tonight <laughs> to face me after I gave him those five Baron Corbin matches to check out. He didn't want to do it. He's a coward, and I guarantee you he won't pop into this, this feed right now. He won't Ooh. do it. I'm challenging him to show up. See, yeah, I, just, I just want to tell you something. Rick talked about you so badly, I even felt <laughs> sorry for you. And I even said, oh, you need to get off of him a little bit. He's, get, he he's getting that Corbin uh, He's getting that Corbin sympathy from Dutch now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I see who's the heel here now. Right. Uh, we, we do have – well, we, we brought up uh, last woman standing matches. We got one last thing to talk about, and it was by far the match of the night. Hands oh, yeah. down. We, we talk about we see the same stuff over and over and over again, the same people working with the same people over and over again, and we're, we're getting two rematches next week in Corbin and Nakamura again, Money in the Bank qualifier, Seth Rollins and Cesaro again in a Money in the Bank qualifier. I could watch Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens wrestle every day of the week because it, it doesn't – it's always different. It's always different. It's always fresh. They find a way to tell a great story, and tonight was absolutely no different. Kevin Owens took – a ton of incredibly stiff bumps and just kept coming. I think the wrong guy won the match, yeah. but it was absolutely fantastic tonight. Yeah, that I, I would I agree with you. Uh, Ko uh, usually gets the upper hand in the big matches. That would have been kind of cool to see Sammy, especially with who's in that Money in the Bank ladder match. I mean, Ko is going to be tremendous in it. There's no doubt about it. There's nothing to take away from Ko. It's just sometimes it seems like he always kind of gets the upper hand when it, the big stakes are on the line. But uh, man, so the, the, the yeah, very was, uh, very inventive. Some, yeah, they took some bumps and they. And it wasn't a five-minute match. It was like a twelve-minute no, match. Three segments. And yeah, oh. it was. It was. It was very good. And those guys worked their butts off. And when they took a big bump, they sold it. Yeah. They didn't hop right back up and and come back. I mean, they came back after a, a little bit of time, but yeah, they 
nothing's worse than see somebody take a hell of a bump and then hop right up. I always right. love a I always love a well-timed uh roll out of the ring to get on your feet on a last man standing match. I always love when when you when you cleverly do something like that. I thought it was over when Zane hit those three Haluva kicks. So and I. then uh, then I knew as soon as as soon as KO rolled out and got on his feet at nine, then I knew KO was gonna win right there because that was basically when, Sammy's shot. When he rolled out and had the ring standing up. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I mean and, and it was a great move. It was a great finish. And then, you know, KO just going ruthless. Power oh, the bomb end. through the announcer's table. Power bomb through the table. And then yeah. a power bomb on the apron. Just like his the NXT debut. Exactly. <laughs> All back to the NXT stuff. You know, they, these guys have a ton of history. The fans, the hardcore fans know the history between these two guys, and they always bring it out. I loved I loved Sammy when he got him in the corner before he delivered that third haluva kick. And he is just saying, this is co co cosmic justice. You know, this is karma coming back for all the shit you've done to me over the yeah. years. And he hits him with that third haluva kick, stiff as hell. I thought the match was over. And me I too. think it should have ended there. Yeah. Even though the, the ending was great. And oh, that KO, ending sequence was tremendous. Yeah. And Kale's going to do was, great in that match. But what was that move that Zane was going to do? He was going to dive from the floor. He went running toward the corner and dived in the ring. Oh, oh, yes. Yeah. So when the he yeah, so he hops I've through the turnbuckle. I've never seen that done before. He hops through the turnbuckle and gives a tornado DDT. But yeah, it's it's impressive. <laughs> it's it's I've incredible. Never, I've never seen that done. Yeah, uh, Zane's first match on SmackDown, if memory serves correct, was against John Cena. Am I? I'm right against that uh, on that one. Oof, I think I it was the United States Championship match. That that was he was doing the United States Open challenges. I yeah. think Sammy came up uh, for one match, and he he immediately had to leave because he had to have uh, double soldier sh shoulder surgery, which has been the story of his career uh, since he's been on the main roster. But he hit that move on Cena, and the place lost their effing mind. Yeah, it was yeah. incredible. It's uh, a tremendous. That's a tremendous spot on how you can just get through the middle ropes without any kind of screw up is is just impressive we we haven't seen him attempt that in a really really long time because it's a total baby face move yeah and it's to get a pop yeah yeah and i love that over the last few months that they've actually let sammy wrestle i've missed watching sammy wrestle and not be this this chicken shit yeah people dodging ducking and, and not doing anything he's great at it he's great at whatever you have him do but i want to watch that man work yeah. And he worked. He's worked these last few matches with Kevin Owens, and and maybe you can turn him babyface here in a couple uh, a couple of weeks. Oh, but that, that that'd be easy. Oh, yeah. very easy. I be feel easy. I feel like the seeds have been planted for him to turn babyface for a while now. And uh, you know, I thought maybe he and Kale were going to team up at one point and be, and maybe that's going to be the end goal as they team up and they make a run at the tag titles. Uh, whether maybe Otis and Chad have them or or whoever you know, if there's a heel team that has them that takes them off of the Mysterios, you know, you could have a KO Sammy run and the crowd is going to go nuts for it. Yep. Absolutely right. Uh, Ozzy thinks KO is the uh, right guy. I don't think he is for for you. You brought up that KO always seems to go over Jeremy and in, in the key against the, Sammy. Uh, yeah, yeah. But if you look at the makeup of the Money in the Bank ladder matches, who's the heel? You've got you got Drew. You've got Riddle. Is John Morrison a heel? I guess technically, but people love the fact that he's in the match. You got yeah. Ricochet, and now you've got Kevin Owens. You you've got nobody to really root against. Yeah, it's more about it's more about yeah, it's more about more about the event of the match. Yeah, and it's more about giving 
it's more about giving an opportunity to someone that has not had that opportunity. And that's where I think the, the big money lies on either Big E or, or Cesaro to win that. Oh, yeah, I forgot about Big E. Obviously, a, a, a huge baby face. I think Sammy, Sammy could have... Big E wins it, you think? It's he either Big E or right Cesaro. He, he's my favorite right now. I, I would well, put I'm going to go, e. go with Big E mm -hmm. because I think they see more in Big E than they see in Cesaro right now. Yeah. And I mean, uh, as, ev as evidenced by his, like, that's we why really, I think I think really Rollins is getting that. Money. And he didn't make it. I yeah. think Rollins is getting in that money in the make ladder match. I don't and think Cesaro's winning next week. And I see, uh, you oh, know, I, I see. I've said it all along. Uh, after the pandemic, I've said it ever since they split the new day. I, I, I've said this all along on the podcast that as soon as those crowds get back, they're going to find a way of Big E reuniting with the new day, and that Money in the Bank briefcase is the perfect way to reunite them. If not waiting for the draft after SummerSlam, yeah, because he's not he's not going to be the one that beats Roman. There's there's no way he's going to be the one that beats Roman. I could see him beating Lashley, and I I would love it this fall. If there is a moment where Big E is the WWE champion, Kofi's the United States champion, and Xavier's the king of the ring, that because it'd be perfect. I, I, I would cry happy tears if that moment happened. It, it oh, could be Xavier's oh, coronation. Stop it, Rick. Oh, I would. Stop I it. would. I would. And I'm not the only one, sir. I'm not the only one. All right. <laughs> Story time with Dutch. He said he had a good one for us, sir. No, I was talking about I, 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 you referenced uh, Owens and Zane. They're going to be sore tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Really, really sore. So can you imagine driving back from the matches after a match like that and getting pulled over by a state trooper? Uh. Well, it happened to me in Undertaker. We were coming back. We had wrestled in Louisville, Kentucky. We were going back to Nashville. It's about 160 miles, not that far. And we were driving down the road. The dome light was on. We had another guy in the car with us. And all of a sudden, we was almost to the Tennessee line, and the lights come on. The Kentucky Trooper pulled us over. And I looked at it, and Tucker was driving. And I said, are you speeding? He said, no. I said, why is he putting us over for? He said, I don't know. So when he put us, pulled us over, we pulled over on the side, and the spotlight comes on. You know, you don't usually expect a spotlight to be on you. And no. then on the loudspeaker, he said, driver of the vehicle, with your left hand, reach over, take the keys out of the ignition, drop them on the pavement. I never heard that oh, before. So okay. he did. So he did. He said, drive the vehicle, exit the vehicle with your back facing the facing this way, and walk backwards with your hands in the air. I went, what the hell? <laughs> this is not like a traffic stop, usually. I said, what are, what are they looking for? Is somebody so, punking and, you? What the hell? <laughs> no, no. And I look back. And there is Mark walking back, and I look back, and I could see the cop. He was on his knees, and he had a, he had a gun. Oh. And he was aiming it at Mark. And he says, uh, brought him back, bent him over the car, handcuffed him, and told him to get the back of the car, stay there. Then he told me to get out. He said, pastor in the front seat. Exit the vehicle with your hands in the air and walk backwards. And I said something like, who, me? He said, yeah, you stupid bastard, you. Who are we talking to? I got out, and and I saw him. He had, he had the gun. Now other cars were coming. And I could hear him in the distance. Wow, wow, wow. I said, this is something going on here. I don't know what this is. And they handcuffed me. 
and they bent me over the hood of the of the police car. There's about four cops there and more coming. City cops and state patrol and county cops. Jesus. They were all there. And I, I went to tell the guy, I said, sir, listen, we're professional wrestlers. We just went. He said, shut the F up. <laughs> we don't give a hell who you are. I said, okay. Which gave me my first indication. They didn't want to have a little chit chat. So. <laughs> so finally, they got the other guy out of the car. And he was a big, uh, he was, uh, I can't remember his name, Action Jackson. You know him? He's a big black guy out of Dallas. He was a friend of Takers. He weighs about 320. And when he got out of the car, and we all had our caps on backwards, you know, and those little bandanas. And so I heard a guy pull up. Off, he came up the on-ramp and pulled down below us in the grass. And I heard him chamber around in a shotgun. I said, there's something definitely wrong now. So they started searching the car, and they tore that car to pieces. Up, down, you know, looked under the seats, got in the back, looked under the, pulled my, even even my, uh, you know, my carpet in my trunk. And he looked at the guy and said, we don't see anything, Captain. He said, well, search again. And they searched again. We didn't have nothing in the car. We didn't have a beer. We didn't have any weed. We didn't have any pills. We had nothing. We were clean. And they couldn't believe it. So he come back and he said, listen, we heard a, what they were looking for was a gun. I found out later. They said they had a call uh, from a truck driver or somebody that said we were going down the road, had a gun up in the air, and we were we were garnishing a gun. Garnishing, that's where I learned that word. And yeah. people, and that's why they stopped us. But they couldn't find the gun. And now if they'd have found a gun or even one joint or one pill or anything like that, we'd have went to jail. But they didn't. we didn't have nothing. And they had to let us go. But getting pulled out on the interstate at gunpoint when you're tired and it's already like 12 o'clock at night isn't my idea of a good time. So no. they let us go. And then and they knew who we were. They watched wrestling. They knew who we were back in those days. I was gonna and, say, was this? The, I was gonna say, was this the night after like Taker buried somebody alive, and they just thought it was uh, it was uh, <laughs> it was Taker, still real to them? Damn it! No, Taker was he was. This is back in the Memphis days. This wasn't WWE days. Ah, this was back in the territorial days, and they knew who we were. And one of them says, "Hey, uh, Dutch, will you sign this for me?" And it was an autograph. And somebody asked me, "Did you sign it?" I said, "Hell yeah, I signed it. I'm glad <laughs> to sign it. I, I'd have signed anything to get out of that." Could and, have been the greatest rib ever if somebody pulled there getting all the cops. later, and I talked to a cop later. I went up next week. You know, we stopped at those little, you know, rest stops or uh, convenience stores. And I met a cop, and I and he knew me. And he, he, I said, did you hear about us getting stopped? He said, oh, big news around here, man. You know, we pulled over three wrestlers out on the interstate. I said, what was that about? And what it was, somebody had called in and said the gun, that we were aiming a gun, because we had the dome light on. And they said what happened was, uh, what he figured was, there was a big, like, dope delivery going through. So they wanted to deflect attention. So they'd oh. stop us so they could slip through. Oh. Which, which makes sense. They were out thinking me. But it's a good thing we didn't have anything in the car. Oh, we no, had kidding. A, no kidding. All I had, I, I, I chewed red man tobacco. That's all they found was that. So they let us go, shook our hands, and we was on our way. And that's kind of smart. I'm not gonna lie. Like that's oh, inc man. that's incredibly genius. Oh my god! 
That is insane. But but we look. What, what I, ha, I did, did you need a fresh it. pair of underwear after that? Well, it probably didn't get a good night's sleep, did you? It would it would have helped. No, but when they let me go, now I'm I'm a foreign. Just thinking of where I could have been. Yeah. So and I was telling takers a day or two later, I said, you know, if they'd have found one beer in that car, one beer. They had to take us in. They they had expended too much manpower on that one stop to just let us go. So, but I but I learned. But you know, we knew all the cops anyway because and they were big Russian fans. Sometimes they'd stop us. We'd be doing 80, 90, and they would tell us, "Guy, you got to slow down," <laughs> because they were fans. But that night they couldn't because they got a call about us. Yeah. So. And that's a great segue there, guys. It is Fourth of July weekend. The troopers oh, yeah. are going to be out. Have a good Fourth, everybody. Yes. Have a great Fourth. Have a please. safe Fourth yeah. of July. Don't drink and drive. There are too don't many things. That. There's Uber, everything. So many people die on the roadways, man. When they're uh, during this Fourth of July weekend. Hey, for enough this money, my, I'll come pick you up. <laughs> There you go. Just give Doug where you are. Give me a plane ticket, and I'll drive out there and rent a car, and I'll come pick you up and take you where. Send Dutch an email. Dutch, what's your email? <laughs> Dirty Dutch Mantel at gmail.com. I'll be glad to pick you up. We talk wrestling the whole way. Jeremy, you got a podcast, sir. Where where can they find you at? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, we got Lost in the Midcard is a podcast we air every Thursday with a fellow sports keto writer, Matt Black, and myself. Uh, you can search for Lost in the Midcard for your podcast or uh, go to litmcpodcast.com for all the links. Uh, we have it on a YouTube video podcast as well. And Follow us on the Twitter, just the, just the same. And follow all three of us on Twitter. Our handles are uh, are right there. And, of course, uh, if you just go to the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube channel and you, you, you follow us, you subscribe there, you'll see my happy face all over. And, again, this coming Monday, you'll see part one of my talk uh, with Tommaso Ciampa. Very, very good. Very, very open and honest conversation. You guys are not going to want to miss that. Yes? What, one question. Did Sid call back in? He did not. He chickened oh, out. So you're backing him up. He didn't he, he come back to defend himself. Nope. He said he uh, he said he hurt himself. Uh, he hurt his head rolling his eyes in the back of his head. I don't think that was him rolling the, <laughs> rolling his eyes. I think that's the alcohol. I think that's why his head hurts, to be completely honest. Uh, all right, guys. Great night. Uh, Jeremy, I know yours isn't over. You got someplace to be. Dutch, great story. That's why you want to come back to this show, guys, because you're not going to get stories like that anywhere else. Uh, we will be back. Sid, I think, is going to be back next week. Maybe he will defend his his Baron Corbin hate. And I want to know if he feels sorry for Baron Corbin because he loves him so much. We'll be back next week, 10.05, right here on the Sports Kid Wrestling YouTube, Twitter, Facebook channel. Have a very happy 4th of July, everybody. Have a